0: This is everything you want to know about non-clinical careers for physicians. At Third Evolution, I'm your host, Robert Pritty. Today's conversation is about interviewing. I know interviewing can be intimidating and frustrating and a little bit scary, but if you follow my advice, I think you'll find it is a lot more comfortable and a lot more successful. So let's talk about the interviews you really want to nail. But first, let's define interviewing. Now, it may seem obvious, but let's put your interview in the right context. First, you're a physician working to transition to a non-clinical job. Every meeting, every conversation you have, every interaction is an interview. Next, there are networking interviews. There are group meetings that are interviews. There are structured interviews for a job you don't really care for and there are certainly interviews for those jobs you really really want and today we're going to be talking about interviewing for that job you really really want. Where do you begin? Well, let's begin with background. Sure, you know about the job and you have probably had some preliminary conversations and reviewed job materials you've visited the website You may have seen an annual report or some other printed information about the organization or the company. Further, you want to research that company in the context of what is important to them. So, not just general knowledge, but where are they headed? What new developments are they working on? What new developments might they be thinking about? What's their strategic focus? Is there anything recent that's going on with that company that you can relate to. And when I say relate, relate your background, your experiences, your interest. And you don't want to just, I'll say, commit this information to somewhere back in your mind in case it comes up. No, you really want to think about this and structure it almost as part of a presentation. You can use the information that you glean as a comment, such as, I noticed you're focused on some new geographic areas. That's interesting. You know, I speak seven different languages. Or, you might use your research knowledge and information as a basis for a question. You could say, I see you're focused on new geographies. May I ask you this? How does that fit in with the company's overall strategy? You might say that you can look at this background work and research that you conduct either passively or actively. Passively means you've developed a certain reservoir of knowledge and information if it happens to come up. Actively means that you are pushing it to the forefront. You are showing, I'm here to talk about your organization because I know about your organization. Now, other background You've checked both LinkedIn and Facebook for information about those people you're going to interview with, whether it's one person or a group of people. But as you look at that information, look for commonalities. However, let me stress this. Don't sit down and begin telling the interviewer everything you know about them. You don't want to look like a stalker. But if you see, for example, they've posted on their Facebook page about visiting colleges with one of their children and you have a college-aged child, you may want to ask, well, do you have children? You already know the answer. You know they do. And then as they talk about that, you're able to add, well, I have a child about that age as well. I know what you're going through. Develop a relationship based on that information. Also, make sure you've created links between your resume and any other material you've provided to company, both written and verbal and the specific job requirements and qualifications as they're listed. Let me say that again. You've linked critical elements from your resume, your background, and as I said, other material you may have provided. For example, some companies may ask a job applicant to complete a presentation or to develop a position paper on a certain topic. So all of those things come together, but most importantly, you want to tie them, link them to the job qualifications and requirements. What you have done supports your ability to perform that function. Let me explain. For example, one job requirement for a job you're wanting is to establish quality control policies for a new business unit, and it's tasked with taking a new product to market. Well, in your background, you sat on the hospital QA committee. Therefore, you want to link the QA, policy development, evaluation, those things that led to programmatic changes that can be used to illustrate your understanding of how this type of an activity and process develops. You are linking to the requirements to the job. And by writing these things down, Again, don't just think about them, write them down. It helps you commit them to memory. And beyond that, as you think about them, your objective is this. And I want to say this very clearly. You want to develop brief vignettes that serve as illustrations of your actions and accomplishments rather than simply stating facts. In other words, You want to develop a vignette that illustrates your experience and accomplishment on that QA committee than simply saying, Well, I was on the hospital QA committee and we wrote some policies, and so I I think I know what you're doing. People will remember an interesting, compelling story. Basic facts, well, perhaps, but not so much. With this type of background preparation, you're truly ready to show that you know and understand the company. You will know if and how you've been able to make personal contact with the interviewer, and you'll have a set of personal stories, those vignettes, to illustrate that you have the experiences and the background and the expertise to match the state of job qualifications, requirements, and objectives. Well, now you're ready to go. Well, almost ready to go. Before you go, what are you going to wear? Well, first, overdressed is an oxymoron. There is no such thing. You're interviewing so people expect you to look your best. And this is true for both men and women. Here's my outline for dress. A dark suit. Why? Well, let's assume you may be invited for coffee. You may even be invited for lunch. A little bit of oil off of your salad dropped onto that beautiful light colored gray suit is going to show up for the rest of the day. Navy blue or black, not so much. Wear a dark suit. Look at a light blue, white or off-white shirt or blouse, and then complement that with a solid colored tie or scarf. And Let me stress one thing about both a tie and a scarf, a well-tied tie. If you don't know how to tie a tie well or your scarf, learn. You want to look like you've dressed like this before. I'm always reminded of something that a gentleman named Mark McCormick, who is the founder of the International Management Group, once said in his, one of his books about what they don't teach you at the Harvard Business School. He said, the only thing anyone should ever notice about your suit is that it fits. Make sure it fits. So now that we're prepped, we know what we're going to wear, what are you going to take with you? Well, this is your interviewing package. Three copies of your printed resume, three flash drives with your resume, and if you've been asked to prepare or bring other types of materials, that material as well. An old-fashioned business portfolio with a legal pad and slots for your resume. Two pens. Two pens, because trust me, one will run out of ink. Your own business cards. Always carry a dozen cards. You may not use them, but you want to have them. A copy of the primary job requirements and objectives. And any talking notes. For example, you want at least your stump speech outline, if not the completed stump speech. And then any other keywords or phrases that you really want to make certain that you use during the interview. Now, you are literally ready to go. So let's assume this is a face-to-face interview. I'll discuss phone and video interviews in a separate podcast. First, arrive early. If you're more than 15 minutes early, wait in your car, sit in the lobby. Don't go in the office more than 15 minutes early. So 10 to 15 minutes before your interview time, walk into the office and introduce yourself. Say good morning or afternoon. I'm Dr. Smith. I'm here for an interview with Mr. or Ms. and let's just say Jones. The person you're speaking with will likely have a name badge and may say his or her name. Make note of what they say. Write down or th- or commit to memory their name and how they say it. Do the same if you stop to register at a front desk or to get directions on your way to, o- to the office as well. By remembering the people that you've encountered along along the way, it shows an attention to detail and it conveys a level of respect for everyone you meet. Also, at the conclusion of, of the interview, if you're told to stop and perhaps give a copy of your resume to Jim, it looks much better if you know who Jim is and need only to confirm. You mean Jim at the front desk? You've done a lot of work up to this point you've done a lot of research, you've prepared yourself both physically and mentally to be able to go into this interview and do a great job. Now it's time to put it all to the test. It's time to meet your interviewer or interviewers if it's more than one. So whether it's one person or a group, introduce yourself to each. Shake each person's hand and then follow their lead in terms of when it's time to sit and wear. And let's talk about body language. It's important. Just like you can't be overdressed, you can be too casual. I tell my clients to mirror their posture after those they're speaking with, but don't be too casual, even if your interviewers are. Don't cross your legs. Don't lean back in a chair. Don't fold your arms. Don't put your arms behind your head. Stay attentive lean forward. Do sit with both feet on the floor. Do keep your hands on the table or holding your portfolio in your lap or as if in prayer. Do look at the person or the people who are speaking and you're speaking to. It's time to begin. 80% of the time or more, the first question you're going to be asked will be this. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Here's the answer to your question. It is your stump speech with a little bit of customization. For those who don't know, your stump speech is this for an interview. It is who I am, what I've done, what I want to do, and how I can help you. Now, here's how you package it, customize it a bit in that interview. Who you are, it begins with, as you know, I am, because... You've been introduced to these people, either on paper or in person, and so you're just reaffirming, I am a physician, and this is a bit of my background. What you've done. Express those career high points that have led you to being selected for this interview. Then, what you want to do. And what you want to do is what the job wants to have done. Focus on those key areas of responsibility, and restate them differently enough that they know you're not just reading it off the job description, but stay in line with what they want to accomplish. That's what you want to do. Then, how you can help them. Well, you can do those things. And offer an example from your background, from what you have done, that supports and complements your ability to achieve the goals that they have stated in their job description. Now we're past that first most difficult part of the interview that tell us a little bit about yourself and now it's time for you to take control of the interview. How do you do that? Well, you take control by asking good questions and you ask questions that allow for follow-up, that allows you to force them to tell you more about what they want to know about you. Ask about the interviewer's background. Ask them to talk about the company in their own terms. Ask strategic questions based on your research. And I say stay strategic, but also ask them about objectives for the position. What defines success in this role? What's the most important first Thing to accomplish? What should be the outcome of the first 12 months? Who do I need the most support from? Who are the most important people in the organization for me to be able to work with? Give them then time to ask you questions and use the vignettes that you've developed, That those, vin- those vignettes that define your background. Use those to answer the questions. So stay brief. In other words, that vignette is 30, perhaps 45 seconds. Stop. Allow them to define whether or not you have answered their question fully. If they want more information, they'll certainly ask for it. If it's complete, let them move on. Once you then start talking about your accomplishments and your background and your perspective on the job, well, frankly, the interview is pretty easy at that point. So lastly, how do you end the interview well? Here are a couple of closes I use, and you may use one or you may use all, depending on the situation. So most of the time in an interview, you'll be asked if you have any final questions or comments. Well, yes, you do. Your comment is this. Repeat your stump speech, but paraphrase it a bit so it's shortened, so it's not just repeated verbatim. And also, from your interviewing, from notes you've jotted down, there may be some keywords or phrases that you want to use relative to how you state what you want to do and how you will help them that will very directly reflect important things they've said to you. Then, ask this question question. Is there anything I have said or anything perhaps I have not covered clearly that would keep you from recommending hiring, advancing my candidacy for this position? Let me say that again. Is there anything I have said or anything I perhaps have not covered clearly or completely that would keep you from recommending me for this position? That opens the door for them to perhaps say, no, you've answered everything, and we think you would be a perfect fit for this opportunity. Well, that's great, but it also opens the door for them to say, you know, we overlooked this, and it's really important for us to talk about this for just a few moments, or it's also an opportunity to say, well, you know, you made this statement, and tell us what you meant by that which is another way of saying this is a little bit troubling, but we're going to give you an opportunity to correct the record. Once that's complete, then you do have one final question, and it is this. May I ask what to expect next? Can you tell me what a next step would be and what the timing for that might be? With that, you're finished. It really is time to go. Smile, collect your material, then stand. Thank each person, if more than one. Shake their hands and turn and leave. Did you leave anything behind? And I'm not talking about forgetting your gloves or your scarf. If you were asked for a copy or copies of your resume, you could have have offered both hard and e-copies. Uh, you had business cards with one person as an interviewer. You may have chosen to offer one with a group, likely not. And as an aside, if you do give someone your business card in any environment, hand it to them as something of value. Never toss car- cards across a table or just drop them in front of someone. Next, follow up. First, you must follow up. Second, let's decide how and to whom you follow up. If you were talking with a single interviewer and it's someone that you've had an email exchange with, then following up by email is perfectly fine. And likewise, if you have multiple interviewers, very likely you collected or you can easily collect their email addresses. And again, following up with them in an email is fine as well. If you had a single interviewer who, let's just say it's apparent by the setting, uh, the accoutrements of the office and the environment, that this is a person who doesn't manage their own email, then be prepared to send a handwritten thank you note, and you want it to go in the mail the same day as the interview. There may be others. If that gym at the desk that we talked about earlier was really helpful, and gave you some direction or offered to get you water. Uh, If you have Jim's email address, a little note that says, Jim, I just wanted to say thanks. You really made my interviewing process uh, easier and, and, and and created a very friendly environment. You'd be amazed what happens when someone's administrative assistant walks in their office and says, I want to tell you that was a really nice person. If other people are talking about how nice you were, It's certainly going to help. It may not get you the job, but it's certainly going to help. We have one more follow-up. I say one more. uh, Let's just say a next follow-up. Your next follow-up is to to reach out to that lead interviewer if you were not contacted in the time frame you were told at the close of the interview. Or if you couldn't get a time frame at the close of the interview, you set your own deadline for a follow-up. Your deadline is two weeks contacting them to ask for the status of the process is very appropriate. So, some final thoughts. As I said at the beginning, there are many different types of interviews. This is just one. I'll discuss other types in separate podcasts, so keep an eye out for those others. Uh, They will likely be helpful to you as well. Another thought, most jobs aren't closed on one interview. Even though you may have had Some preliminary conversations and maybe a phone interview or a video interview prior to this, it's unlikely it's one and done. So be prepared for the next step. Thanks for listening as always. Send any text questions or comments to me, Robert Pretty at Third Evolution, at 720 339 3585 or email RFP at Third That's Third Evo, ThirdEvo.com. That's ThirdEvo, thirdev com. Until next time, thanks for listening.